The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in your company's future with totally new sources of information that will change the way you run your business. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, oh, come on, you know you're in the right place. Let's see what the buzz is. Well, the buzz is so loud on this topic we're going to cover today that I have two opening buzz quotes. Here's the first one from John McAfee. You know McAfee Security Software. He says, you can't stop things like Bitcoin. It will be everywhere and the world will have to readjust. Okay, we introduced the word Bitcoin. Now let me give you buzz number two. This is from Melanie Swan, author of Blockchain, Blueprint for a New Economy. She says Bitcoin is just one example of something that uses a blockchain. Cryptocurrencies are one example of decentralized technologies. And now that the internet is big enough and diverse enough, I think decentralized networks will be the next huge wave in technology. So you've got a couple of keywords in there, Bitcoin and blockchain. So here's the scoop. The tech industry is all abuzz about these blockchain and Bitcoin and major corporations and maybe your company, our listeners are all over the world. We know there are thousands and thousands of thousands of you tuning into this show live and on demand every month. Maybe your company also is eyeing the disruptive business potential and so many other benefits of this new technology. So what is this? Well, let me just give you a quick overview. Bitcoin, worldwide cryptocurrency and digital payment system called the first decentralized digital currency. Interestingly enough, it was invented by an unknown programmer or even a group of programmers that go by the name Satoshi Nakamoto and released as open source software back in 2009. In its simplest simplest derivation, blockchain is a distributed ledger that exists on multiple computers at the same time, keeping records of digital transactions arranged in batches of data called blocks. Well, each block has a digital fingerprint of the transactions on it, as well as of the previous block, hence the term blockchain. So, a lot of hype swirling around. Wow, it's going to change the world. Wow, it's going to change finance. Wow, it's going to change the trustability of transactions. Wow, 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 wow. Well, is the wow hype? Is it all true? Is it going to be something good for your company? This is the hottest topic on the street today. And we have two experts. They both happen to be from SAP, and they're both really, really smart. And let me tell you who they are before we get started. First up, my first guest, just two of them today, because they are so powerful, we only need two. Torsten Zuba, head of blockchain at SAP SE, and he is joined on the panel by Ben Bozer, B-O-E-S-E-R, Director of Emerging Products on the SAP Innovation Center in Silicon Valley. Aha. So, Torsten has sent us a quote from Steve Jobs. 
Very interesting quote. You all know Steve Jobs passed away the day we started our radio shows, October 5th, 2011. American information technology entrepreneur, co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Apple, etc., 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 left us way too soon. Here's the quote. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Torsten Zuba. Love the quote. How are you, Torsten? I'm good. Hey, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Torsten, we are so excited about this topic, and I have to tell you, I have many, many different themed series for SAP Radio, and several of our shows coming up in the following weeks are also going to be talking about blockchain and Bitcoin. So I'm very happy to have you and Ben on the show, and let's set the record straight. So first of all, tell me how this quote from Steve Jobs relates to our topic today. And and this goes back, actually, to 2010. When I used to live in the Silicon Valley, right, and, and I was one of the first employees in my company that got an iPad. So this was brand new. It was super cool. And the colleagues came over and said, wow, you have that thing. And what do I have to do to get one as well, right? Because it was really the coolest thing on earth for us. And then just a few weeks later, I had to go back to Germany and meet a few old fellows uh, from the past. And, and I was so proud of that iPad. And I showed that to them and, and, and you know, tried to explain them what I do with that. And they looked at me and said, why do you need that? I mean, this, my laptop can do much, much more. And I was kind of really shocked because I used to work with them on super cool, innovative things. And I had the latest uh, stuff in my hands. And they reacted strange to me. And I realized that they have been somehow ended up in a comfort zone and kind of weird to do these new things. And this was the, a, a part in my life when I decided, okay, I, have to, I don't want to be like that. So, and, and then the quote from Steve just keeps me reminding, you know, you have to be hungry, you have to be curious, um, you cannot stop. Innovation is continuously going on. And, and you have also to be foolish. You have to take risks to do some things and don't be afraid. And um, maybe this is why I ended up with blockchain, right? One of these super innovative topics right now. And guess what? The same people who have been that critical with the iPad, I mean, you can bet they're even more critical with blockchain these days. Thank you. Stay hungry, stay foolish. Great quote from Steve Jobs. And that was that could be a way of looking at his life, at his life as a as a corporate person, as an innovator. Would you say that was his way of living? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, he challenged everything, and he wanted to be the best and, and use technology in the best possible way. And this is also how I try to see it. Like in blockchain, right? We have so many things we see, but there are so many open questions. So if I would now think about all the concerns and the risks with that, I, I would have to stop immediately. So this is why, why this, again, the quote is for me so important. So just to, to keep on going and, and don't distract yourself, even if there are times where, let's say, you know, there are, sometimes you have a good day and you're so happy about that and then the challenge is very high and then you are down and then I remember the quote that helps me then to continue on that. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to correct myself. Thank you, Torsten. Really appreciate your being here. And now let me introduce your colleague, my colleague at SAP, Ben Bozer. And Ben has sent us a quote, equally wonderful quote from R. Buckminster Fuller, known familiarly as Bucky Fuller. Richard Buckminster Bucky Fuller, 1895 to 1983, was an American architect, systems theorist, author, designer, and inventor. He published more than 30 books, and he coined the term Spaceship Earth, the term synergetic, and the term ephemeralization. He also had many, many inventions, and he was known for the geodesic dome. I am familiar with that because I've seen images of it. Very interesting concept. 
concept, uh, and carbon molecules known as fullerenes were named after him by scientists for their structural and mathematical resemblance to geodesic spheres. He was the second world president of Mensa from 1974 to 1983, and I have to tell you that I am a card-carrying member of Mensa, but I went to one meeting in New York many, many, many years ago, and I, I just couldn't relate to those people, so I never went back. But I am a Mensa member, for I guess, for life. So there. So here's the quote towards, uh, Ben has selected from Bucky Fuller. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. Welcome, Ben. How are you? Pretty well. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. How are you? Where are you calling from today? I'm going to ask you that later, but I'm just curious. I am in Palo Alto right now, and I would love to say it's sunny, but so far it's not. The sun is coming up right now, so still bright and early here. Okay. Well, thank you for calling in so early, and now tell us about (laughs) this quote. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. How does that relate to blockchain and Bitcoin, Ben? Yeah, I think um, it's actually, if you think about it, quite an interesting concept, right? Um, You uh, try to create a new world that makes the existing model or world obsolete. Uh, And if you think about the applications in the blockchain space, uh, you can go through all the traditional things that we've done in the past, you know, trade or proving certain documents uh, or just transactions in general, um, and you have an opportunity to rethink it. And if you look at the existing blockchain community, that's exactly what they're doing. Um, right now, mostly in the financial space, uh, but you get to, uh, on a protocol level, almost uh, redefine how uh, the world works, how transactions are being done, how trust is defined, um, how um, you know, currency is being valued. So you get to ask super fundamental questions. Um, without even considering much about the existing world, because it lives in a completely separate space, uh, almost in parallel uh, to uh, what the rest of us are experiencing right now. Um, And that actually makes it uh, super interesting and super energetic uh, and also super intense, because uh, you had centuries of knowledge going into the existing models, uh, and you will put it on yourself to potentially rethink uh, how you know fin- financial transactions uh, on a worldwide scale may look like, um, and um, that is quite a big task, you know, on you. Um, and you can see how some of the community leaders, um, you know, they have to also fail and, and go through struggles in order to optimize. Um, but so far, you know, there has been some proven models that come up, and they are completely uh, mind-boggling to the rest of the society. Uh, and we're all trying to get our heads around it. So I think it, it, re- it relates quite well uh, to what Bucky said. I agree, yes. And and very interesting, the concept of trust you brought up, Ben, and so many people are having trouble trusting the current system. We're all aware of hacks and phishing scams and people trying to steal our IDs here in the U.S., our Social Security numbers, our account numbers. Things are happening, oops, and OMGs every day, everywhere, in all industries, in finance especially, and we all have trouble trusting what we have. But the question is, will blockchain and Bitcoin be more trustworthy? And that's the reason we're here today. We are going to push our way through the clouds and smoke of the hype. That's our title today, Blockchain Beyond the Hype. That's why we have Torsten Zuba and Ben Bozer with us today to help us just pull back that veil, pull back the kimono, if you will, and see what's really, really happening. Is the world ready? Should we be ready? 
to leave one system and trust another? And that's really the big question. Let me just go around the table quickly here and ask your opinion. Just a quick yes or no. Should we be ready to trust it? Should businesses be ready to embrace this decentralized ledger? Torsten, what's your thought? Just at the top. Um, Yes, we should. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. And Ben, what do you think? I personally think yes. But I also think that uh, we're still in the minority of the, in that thinking. That's what I wanted to know. That's what I, So trust is a big issue. Okay, let's go to our, our up-close-and-personal segment of the show before we do a deep dive in a few minutes into Beyond the Hype. So I'm going to ask Torsten Zuba. Torsten, I asked Ben, but I didn't ask you, where are you calling from? And we'd love to know, what are you drinking today? But rumor has it you're in a hotel, so it might not be that great. What would you rather be drinking, Torsten? Uh, yes, I'm actually sitting in a hotel. This is right. I'm in Las Vegas. We have our conference uh, tagged here. Um, and um, I have to be honest, I just have a straight coffee Americano uh, in my hands right now because I really need a coffee in the morning to be able to operate. But what I really like um, um, is fennel tea. And, and usually for people mm. that don't know me, they are kind of surprised. You know, often I hear, hey, Torsten, are you sick? I say, why, why would I be sick? I mean, you're drinking that thing there, the, the fennel tea. I, uh, that, that doesn't taste good, right? Or they make fun of me and they say, Torsten, we can clearly see that, that your young kids uh, somehow affect you because you drink the tea you usually give them if they, uh, to, to keep them dull, uh, calm, right? If they have a stomach ache or something, something like that. But at the end, it's just uh, the way that I love it. I like it. Uh, but honestly, I know no one else than me that likes fennel tea. Well, Torsten, I'm not sure you're right because there's a website called fennelty.org, not com, not net. Is that it's true? .org. <laughs> it is true. I'm looking at it right now. And they say fennel tea, the health benefits, uh, including things like digestion and breastfeeding and a lot of articles here. They show a picture of Buddha tea. Buddha tea is a brand with fennel seed tea. Uh, fennel is an herb found throughout many regions of Europe, the U.S. and Australia. It contains small yellow flowers and feathery green leaves and is considered a weed. Um, let's see. Aside from its culinary history, the fennel plant is also used to make a licorice-tasting tea, typically made from the seeds. It contains vitamins and minerals, making it a healthy and tasty option for those seeking an interesting it cup to be of alone, herbal right? tea. No, you're not alone at all. And go to this website when you have a chance, fennelt.org, and take a look. I love to look these things up. So thank you for So you are definitely not alone. You might one day have trouble finding fennel tea if we talk about it enough. So there. Thank you. And now let's go to Ben. Ben, we know where you are. You're early in the morning. What are you drinking right now, or what do you would you rather be drinking? Yeah, I already finished my coffee, so certainly the same thing. Like, Torsten, need my coffee, and I feel like... Uh, Ever since I uh, moved to the U.S., my consumption went up quite a bit because the cups are just so much larger. Um, and I, <laughs> but I learned to appreciate coffee quite a bit. I really like it. Um, mostly, for some reason, I like Ethiopian coffee. Um, so I usually try to get my hands on something like that. Um, but if you ask me what would I rather drink, I think we had a, some beautiful, you know, summer days here in the last couple of days and um, I thought of, you know, Italy and sitting in Italy somewhere and drinking what they call an aperitivo um, and they have this thing called uh, Aperol Spritz, which is basically um, um, a a liquor called Aperol with a little bit of Prosecco Um, and, you know, that towards the evening uh, when the sun goes down is also uh, quite a lot of fun. So maybe that's what I would rather drink. Well, that's interesting. I have to tell you, I looked up Ethiopian coffee. Of course, you know I did. The coffee plant, Coffee Arabica, 
originates in Ethiopia. According to legend, the 9th century goat herder Kaldi, K-A-L-D-I, discovered the coffee plant after noticing the energizing effect the plant had on his goat flock. But the story did not appear in writing until 1671 and is probably apocryphal, meaning somebody made it up. Coffee production in Ethiopia, uh, they say it, the plant is now grown in various parts of the world. Ethiopia accounts for 3% of the global coffee market, and it provides more than 60% of foreign income. Very, very interesting. So thank you for that sidebar. I appreciate that, Ben. And those of well, the two of you don't know me, but our listeners do. They don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days. It's just an unwritten rule on Game Changers Radio. So all they let me have is water, but it's in a cool mug that's clear, and I have a very pretty pink straw because I'm now here in North Carolina, and the weather is absolutely gorgeous today. The sky is so blue, I can't see a cloud anywhere. The end of summer, and it feels like the middle of summer, actually. So there. So I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break, the pause that refreshes. I'm here today with Torsten Zuba and Ben Bozer. He may pronounce his name differently in different parts of the world, but Ben told me I could say Bozer. It's B-O-E-S-E-R. They are both at SAP. They are both experts in blockchain and Bitcoin. And we're going to come back in 90 seconds with comments about taking the hype, moving it aside, looking deep into what is blockchain, what is Bitcoin, and the word trust. That may be the most important word on the table in our show today. So, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I plan to still be after the break. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. To our engineer, Kevin Out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The pace of innovation is moving faster than ever, and the future of business will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. Insights from totally new sources of data, sensors that capture and share what is happening in your business environment, and the tools to understand it and act on it. These are shaping the definition of future success. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how business leaders can shape the future of change. Internet of Things with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. 
And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Internet of Things with Game Changers. Yes, indeed, we're back and we're talking about Beyond the Hype. We're pulling back that curtain. Blockchain, Bitcoin, decentralized systems, payments, oh my, and trust is the keyword we're looking at today. My very special guests are Torsten Zuba, head of blockchain at SAP SE, and Ben Bozer, director of emerging products at the SAP Innovation Center in Silicon Valley. We are going to start the roundtable in earnest with blockchain hype. Let me read a little bit from Torsten's notes from before the show, and then he will run with this, and we'll get Ben's point of view as well. Torsten says it all started with cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin that have captured the public's fancy. However, the underlying technology, blockchain, has become a magic word, able to open doors and investor wallets, panic entire industries, and guarantee headlines. This reads like a poem, Torsten. Please tell us more. Yeah, I mean, um, the whole thing with the hype, I mean, in technology, we often have hypes, right? Um, uh, machine learning was one of those IOTs, the Internet of Things. Um, but um, all, all the years I'm working there, blockchain, from my perspective, is really the biggest one. And, and the proof of that really was, like, I'm, I'm married with my wife quite quite some time, more than 10 years, and she never really cared about what I was doing, right? And then when I, I just during breakfast mentioned to her, you know what, I'm doing something new. And she said, yeah, so what? And I said, blockchain. She was like, wow, that's cool. And then I said, <laughs> how do you know? You know? <laughs> And then she said, well, this is this cool thing with Bitcoin and you can transfer money. And by the way, how is that working? And then I realized, okay, this is something special here, right? Um, and this is a really, really hype if even my wife knows about that. But, but, you know, there's always a reason for a hype. I mean, there are extremist views. Some say I, I, we need to ignore it. Others want to save the world. But what I really think is a hype is there for a reason, right? And, and if, we, if you think of a digital world where we are right now, and the digital economy we are going into, what we see is a super highly interconnected world, right, where people, businesses, enterprises, things, everything is interconnected on a digital way. So, And the vision of blockchain, what we have, is the opportunity that we can share one digital truth to secure, right, um, uh, to have a trustful and a temper-proven way to change, to interchange information, data, but also digital assets. And this is even without that you lose your data ownership. And this is super, super great, at least from a technology perspective. I mean, and, and I'm really excited about that. But the thing is, this is just a technology, and the technology does not make the hype. Right? What, uh, it makes the hype, but, but the question at the end is, will the hype materialize into something good or not? And this is then how we apply the technology, right? How we take it, into a way that it actually adds value to the business and to the people. And this is what we have to prove now, to take these technology concepts and to transform them into something that really adds value to the enterprises. Very interesting. Yes, that's the whole point is, is there value? Is it trustworthy enough? Disruption is great. However, is there value to it? That's what, It all comes down to the bottom line, doesn't it, Torsten? Businesses have to have a bottom line impact eventually. Uh, let's get Ben Bozer in on this. Ben, talk to me. What do you think about the introduction of the topic by Torsten? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I can certainly relate to that. I think one of the most interesting things in the last week or so was when we all learned that Paris Hilton was backing uh, some cryptocurrencies now. And uh, the reaction of the cryptocurrency community was rather negative because that definitely tells you that we are now coming into a state where this is uh, so, you know, transparent to the masses um, and becomes uh, such a, um, yeah, commonly exposed uh, topic that everybody wants to get in. And um, for a community that felt uh, somewhat exclusive in the in the last few years, uh, this feels a little bit threatening. Uh, but it also shows you that, you know, we are maybe at the point where uh, the hype may translate into what Jürgen, uh, into what Torsten um, uh, mentioned earlier, uh, which is if maybe we are seeing some actual use cases here. People with a lot of business knowledge are now trying to get into this, um, and uh, they wouldn't if they wouldn't see clear value for themselves, right? So I think uh, maybe we are uh, getting beyond the hype at some point, uh, and the clouds will clear. Um, because in the state that we are, we are right now, I think everybody's sort of everything is up in the air. Uh, and we all try to grab the right things and pull them down to earth and 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 uh, and run with it, right? So I think uh, the whole community is sort of in the, in the same space there. Very interesting. Any comments to want to add, Torsten, to what Ben said? Um, no, but basically it's really the difficulty we have uh, right now. What we see is uh, I think we are actually already beyond the hype, at the peak of the hype, right? So the reality uh, kicks in, and uh, also the frustration. The, so that, that people realize that all the hope they have is, is, is cannot be uh, fulfilled somehow. But it also helps us now really to think and discuss it on a, I, I don't want to say neutral level, but on a um, constructive level, right, where we really now focus on how we can apply the technology and where does it really make sense uh, uh, versus which uh, we have use cases that are just motivated by the hype and thus by blockchain. Uh, let me ask you a quick question, Torsten, before I move on to a topic from Ben's list. Who, uh, I think it was Ben just mentioned Paris Hilton. Is this something that's cool and fashionable to talk about Bitcoin, to talk about, well, I'm using this and you should see, and, and wow, and my company's doing this. Do you think that people are jumping in just because they want that cool factor? Either one of you can answer, Ben or Torsten or both. I, I, I definitely, I mean, I like I haven't heard about <laughs> Paris Hilton yet, but, but I definitely am. Um, and, and copy that one because, I mean, so many friends of mine also come, right, and they say blockchain and they ask me which one should I buy because this is all this, you know, I also trade with coins and do that stuff, um, although I have no clue what that this is about. So definitely, yes. So I see that in my, in, in my private environment. I see that even in the business. Um, and then this is what makes then the discussion for us um, sometimes really difficult because people come with that mindset and uh, they have a certain view on the topic, uh, which is not the reality. And um, we have what we usually have to do is to spend the first time to explain and um, bring bring the people back to reality and tell them what it is. We are not talking about Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just an application. Bitcoin is not blockchain, right? And what we need to talk about is blockchain because this is the protocol. This is basically the distributed yes. ledger technology that will help us to do all this uh, all this stuff. Well, I, yeah. ha- I have to interject mm. here, Ben. That was that was Torsten, correct? Yes, Torsten. Yes, I have to interject before Ben comments. I found a website. You're not going to believe this. Here's the title: Paris Hilton 
Floyd Mayweather and other celebrities going crazy for cryptocurrencies. Right. Celebrities, yep, celebrities are all Here about the cryptocurrency scene. It's so hot right now. Ben, you have to comment on this. I had no idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I think, I mean, yeah, it is certainly hot. And I think what, especially, I guess, for Torsten and me, what is quite surprising is that even, you know, uh, it, it doesn't almost matter what industry you're talking to and you will uh, bounce into uh, so-called, you know, blockchain teams or uh, blockchain consultants or people that are trying to get their heads around it. Um, and um, we, we all, I think, uh, we, we all try to understand how the technology relates to uh, the new world, right? I mean, we are reinventing how financial transactions work, and that's really the cryptocurrency hype. Um, I can certainly also second uh, what Torsten says, you know, in terms of um, getting the right coins uh, recommended to friends, um, and uh, there are a bunch of people also, um, um, co-workers that um, got into it early enough, right, and uh, they made some, some good money, and of course now everybody is just excited about that part. But I think Torsten and I look more at it from a technology perspective. So what, what are the underlying protocols and where else can we apply it? Uh, and it's really hard to, you know, put that, that part of the hype aside uh, and because that is eventually just trying to, uh, you know, gain um, or have some financial gains. Um, and uh, that is almost like, you know, trading in general, stock trading, uh, et cetera. Uh, but we need to put that aside and say, well, that's not the part that we are working on, right? We are, put, we are working on uh, the underlying protocols. We need to keep an eye on the development there. And that is also rapid. You know, sometimes you can see within weeks that certain concepts get flipped around, a new concept comes around. Um, and then we need to get our heads uh, around those new protocols and figure out what kind of uh, use cases that now enables. Uh, and that, to me, is sort of the exciting part. Um, more on the like lowest level rather than sort of the super high level where we now talk about, you know, cryptocurrencies and businesses around it um, and ICOs and things like that. Thank you. And you brought up ICOs. That's the next topic I want to pull up. And Ben, I'm reading further into this article. By the way, the website is thestreet.com. It's a story about the celebrities embracing. And they say, unfortunately, for these high-profile celebrities, Bitcoin, one of the most prominent cryptos, has taken a hit recently. China has banned the practice of initial coin offerings, ICOs, or fundraising by the issue of digital currencies outside the regulatory framework. And several international banks are teaming up to join a project created by the UBS group to form a new digital currency currency that will clear and settle through blockchain technology. Barclays, Credit Suisse, HSBC Holdings, and others have signed into the effort. It's being called the Utility Settlement Coin. Wow, very interesting. Can't believe I found this while we're on the air. Ben, let's talk about ICOs. ICOs versus non-ICO go-to-market. Tell us more, please. Yeah, so ICO, if you look at it um, from a, um, how it's been working in the last couple of years, is basically you uh, propose a concept on a, a new venture, and it could be on a new technology, uh, meaning a new protocol, uh, or actually a new uh, use case uh, that is enabled by cryptocurrencies, uh, and you allow people, um, almost before you even code anything, uh, to buy into your concept. And if people really believe in your concept, then they put, uh, you know, let's say, uh, real money, and in most cases it's actually bitcoins, um, 
into your concept, and in return, they get um, you know the the other coin that you are basically inventing from scratch. Um, and um, depending on how successful or how valuable the community um, thinks your concept may become in the future, um, uh, in relation to that, your coin value goes up, uh, which means uh, I could uh, potentially buy in, you know, at a cent rate into a, a new, let's say, the new, um, I don't want to say Facebook, but let's say a new Facebook, right? I'm an early backer of the new Facebook, uh, and the new Facebook gives me a face, new Facebook coin in return. Um, and I was one of the first 100 to do so. Um, and as the thousands and thousands of others come in, my 10 cents will eventually be worth potentially $5, potentially $10, uh, maybe even $100. Um, and I can actually take that money um, and get real dollars out of it again um, because there is trading platforms that allow me uh, to trade my coins back into Bitcoins and then eventually into uh, US dollars. Right. And that's been the common model in the blockchain community to launch new applications these days and actually get funding. Now, you mentioned a very good point. Uh, the regulatory, of course, is also looking at these uh, concepts mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what it means. I mean, what are ICOs? What are those virtual currencies? Is it uh, to be treated like a security? Is it to be treated like a currency? Is it a foreign currency? Uh, and right now, uh, most governments are just, uh, you know, doing their own interpretation. Um, and that also, um, you know, makes the cryptocurrency community quite crafty um, and creative on how they structure their ICOs. Um, sometimes it may be that, you know, you found a foundation in Switzerland, um, which then sort of officially gets donations to the ICO, um, and you sort of cross-fund your development, or you have a company in the Cayman Islands, um, and you don't even touch that money in, in real life and use some other money to develop uh, your application. Um, but there is a lot of, like, um, interesting uh, topics that still have to be figured out around ICOs. Um, and it's that kind of disruptive potential also to, you know, the financial industry, but also to venture capitalists uh, that people keep an eye on, uh, both from the government side as well from the software, you know, venture side. Thank you very much. Uh, Torsten, got to get your point of view on this. ICOs, what do you think? Um, I mean, when I heard the first time about it and understood the concept, I, I really liked the idea and I was kind of um, impressed, right, how, how easy it is. Um, and especially seeing, for example, the, the tokens as a kind of membership to participate in the, in the network and stuff like that. And where I'm really critical about that is that the most of the people, when they invest into that, the focus is not actually the, the, the business case behind that or the idea, mm -hmm. right? It's more, sometimes I think it's a gambling. So people just, I mean, and then what you just, the article, right, uh, with the celebrities, I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I'm not sure if they really think when they invest what, what is going on and what is the, the purpose for that. Uh, perhaps they do, I don't want to say something wrong, but um, a lot of people don't. And, um, and and then, for me, it's like this is then one root cause for that hype what we have. Because sometimes I think there's one, um, there, there is a good reason for a hype for blockchain and the technology. And then the overhype comes from, from the ICOs, from my perspective. So from the possibilities that a startup can raise uh, 100,000 uh, or 100 million of US dollars in a few minutes, right? This is, for me, uh, sometimes hard to understand. Um, and then also that the purpose, as I said before, that people invest into that, 
uh, it would be great if they would believe into something like this and really do so. But what I've heard, there even ICOs like the, the Moon ICO, Moon Coin, or stuff like that. Right? I mean, there, there is really no value behind. And then for me, this is really, really questionable. And and I am sometimes really concerned about that the entire topic suffers by all that. What is going on with the ICOs? Interesting. Should we, I, I was just thinking while I'm speaking to both of you, should we come up with our own cryptocurrency based on Game Changers Radio? Could we Could we okay. send out yeah. an Game ICO? Changer coin. Yeah. Game, <laughs> Game Changer yeah. coin. Why don't we Great do idea. that? I, yeah. So after the show, we'll all get, we'll get together over a cup of fennel tea and Ethiopian coffee, and my water is going to change to espresso after the show because I will have a little caffeine today. Honey, that might and be the first coin that I'm going to buy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually looking at the Moon Coin, uh, Moon Coin Mario Wiki, the Mario Encyclopedia type of star coins that appear in the World Star of New Super Mario Brothers. This is so funny. Anyway, oh, very interesting. Let Let's get back to business here. Torsten, I'm going to turn back to you around the virtual table here at Game Changers Radio, and let's talk about uh, the three-time horizons. You told me before the show, blockchain use cases. You keep bringing up that we need a solid use case. You can't just say, oh, this is cool. We're going to do it. Wow, we're going to make a lot of money. Maybe a big surprise for you the day after. So you say blockchain use cases can be categorized into three-time horizons. Uh, Reimagine, well, first one is optimize. Second one is reimagine. Third one is revolutionize. Torsten, tell us a little more about these, please. Yes, um, I mean, um, what we see with the, um, with the technology, if we just have a really a neutral view on that one, so how we can use it right now, and this is what we're actually already doing, right, is to use it to optimize existing business processes. So existing software applications, we use the technology to incremental improve what is already existing. And we usually do not disruptively change things, right? Um, um, this works well. The impact is solid, but it's, it's not like that huge, and it would not explain all the hype about blockchain, and especially it would not uh, justify um, the, the vision and the hope we have um, uh, with blockchain. But, but however, it helps to solve um, certain things, um, uh, and, and we can optimize processes. So if we would stop here with blockchain, then blockchain would just be another technology that helps us to optimize processes, as I said, as we do for decades now. But what I really believe in, that blockchain will be more fundamental, right? As I, as I mentioned before, it, it's about the digital economy. It's about networks. It's about a different way how you interact in, in this economy. And this brings me to reimagine, because what we do here is we, we uh, think about how we can use the, uh, the characteristic of the, of the blockchain so that we can share instead of exchange data, right? So we have one single point where you can access and write data, and all the other participants in your network can also access and write into the same source of data. Um, so this changes the way we do the business, and thus we will disruptively change the processes, the business processes, as well as the way we work together. And what we also see in that environment is this is not just about technology. This is also about how these new business networks are going to be established. What is the legal framework for that? What is about the IP, the intellectual property, right? Because now several participants join uh, in a network and have a common business opportunity or challenge to solve. And so they implement something using the blockchain technology. But who owns the IP, actually? What is the 
the regulators doing about uh, what what is the, the the compliance regulations and all that stuff so the, 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 the even more critical questions we have to answer is not the technology of how we do that but it's also the entire business model that is built because we see new ones coming up and then third we have uh, the revolutionizing so this is where the big big vision is where we see a huge picture that with blockchain we can revolutionize the economy in a kind of that we change not only disruptively the business process, but we even change or disrupt the entire business model or even the entire market. And, and this is basically three time horizons. And what is important from my perspective is that we see all three of them in parallel and start immediately. So you must not just concentrate only on the optimization because then you might be kind of disappointed and say, okay, but this is not that great actually, right? On the other side, if you would just go to the revolutionizing or even the rematch and you would say, wow, that, that, that's quite far, so let's wait here, which is also wrong. So what, what, what you would do to do is to identify on, on, that, on the time uh, horizon uh, different cases and, un, and, and, and understand in which area you are to set your expectations and also uh, the timelines in your project that you're going to do. So it's about optimization right now and you can even get it done right now, reimagine you start, uh, you start right now, but you have to expect that it materializes in one, two, or three years, and the um, revolutionizing this is then where we do not even really know in which direction it will go, but where we have a big hope that a huge thing will come up. Thank you very much. Ben Bozer, love to get your thoughts on this. Optimize, reimagine, revolutionize. What do you think? Agree, disagree? Um, I think actually even going back to uh, the initial reference um, on Apple, right, and um, I think one thing that I realized also, you know, in our uh, community, the customer network, um, is that we all understand how uh, disruptive innovation can be, um, and it's sort of a high priority for all of us to um, react early on. We know these things happen faster and faster, um, and because we can foresee that this has a very disruptive um, potential, uh, we all want to, you know, make sure that we as companies don't get disrupted and even potentially become obsolete. And um, going back to, you know, Apple, I remember this uh, quote um, from, uh, you know, the Research in Motion founder um, who was the company behind BlackBerry when mm -hmm. he first saw an iPhone, right, looked at it and basically said, yeah, we'll be fine. Um, and I think that's one of those things, you know, you, you see these technologies, these changes coming, um, and uh, you have to be careful that you don't uh, become complacent and think that whatever you're doing, is, you know, the, the status quo will be fine, uh, you just keep holding on to it. Um, and I think that's why I like those three phases. Yeah, I think um, it's, uh, it's a good structure to think in those terms. Um, of course, the huge potential is in the last one, right, the revolutionizing. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what we all have to be careful about because uh, one of the topics, and we didn't really talk about it much, but is uh, you, you actually start removing the middleman in some of these concepts. Thorsten mentioned networks, right? Uh, those are some, you know, they're decentralized, they're almost self-controlled. Um, and uh, the question is, where do the big companies play a big role in, in those networks, right? Just right now uh, in the financial industry uh, or in the coin market, where are the governments, right? So uh, we all have to find our spot. And I think uh, we, we know that. Uh, we understand innovation. We understand disruptive technologies um, um, in many industries. Uh, and I think that's what we have to keep an eye on. 
Thank you very much, Ben. Um, I have a very provocative topic here in Torsten's list. So, Ben, forgive me, but I'm going to go to one more of his topics because I think we need to talk about this. It's a big surprise to me when I read it. Torsten, I think you know where I'm going with this, the cost and performance of blockchain. Let me read a little from your notes. I don't even understand this, and I need both of you to explain it. You say blockchain is energy consuming, it's expensive, it's low throughput. Here are some of the stats. A single Bitcoin transaction takes thousands of times more energy than a credit card swipe. Bitcoin's electricity consumption will grow to rival that of the entire nation of Denmark by the year 2020. <laughs> Not really very appealing for enterprises. Well, Torsten and then Ben, why aren't people talking about this? Come on. This is the Internet. What do you mean thousands of times more energy than a credit card swipe? Tell me what's going on here. Torsten, maybe we should have opened the show with this because I think this is a shock. At least it is to me. So, Torsten, got to tell me more, please. Yeah, I mean, this is um, this is exactly what happens, right? The people are so excited talking about the ICOs, then they understand how Bitcoin, for example, works, and then they realize because of the technology. I mean, Bitcoin was created um, um, with the goal to establish a, a network of anonymous participants, and you can trust them. So how can you trust someone who, who you do not know, right? And uh, the way they do that is a very computative-intensive algorithm that basically do a mathematical puzzle, uh, ensuring um, that when a consensus is done within the network, so all the participants have a vote, right, so that not um, one can take over the network because having um, more computers than the other have, let's say it in this way. Uh, so the effort to do the puzzle is so high that at the end you would need so much computers uh, that no one has. So this is the idea, basically. And, uh, and this is then at the end why all the computers are running and compu uh, computing. So then you need the energy, right? And then still, because of all these calculations, then the transactions that can actually be processed are only a few. But what you need to consider that makes perfectly sense from a Bitcoin perspective because you're dealing with uh, people you don't know. From an enterprise perspective, we have not, usually we don't see that. Enterprise networks um, work in a way that you know uh, you business partners, you know no partners, at least um, you have a chance to know where they are. So we don't uh, need all that computational effort, and thus the, um, the, uh, the, the power, the performance, and also the energy consumption is much better. Why this is uh, important to me is because people often come to me and say, Torsten, blockchain is not relevant for enterprise because of that. And then I say, no, it is. Um, not Bitcoin, but the permissions network clearly are. Thank you very much. Fascinating. Ben, love to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, it's, it is kind of scary, right? I mean, um, yeah. what Torsten was referring to is mining, and um, mining costs electricity. And um, it even goes to a point where, you know, that becomes uh, more and more of a challenge because the problems have to be more and more complex in order to keep uh, that trust and the security in the network alive. Um, and the even more shocking part is, uh, that electricity that is wasted and the problems and puzzles that uh, Torsten mentioned are, that are being solved are not even adding any value. They're pretty much just busy work to make sure that, uh, you know, everything is being mined uh, before the transaction is confirmed, uh, which means we are uh, utilizing computer power to do something that is of no real value, right? Those could be complex algorithms or 
um, you know, something just to keep the computer busy. Now, um, if we can, of course, and, and people think about that, uh, instead of doing that, flip it around and make the computers do something meaningful while uh, we, you know, do the mining, uh, then we win on both sides, right? Uh, then we can follow the decentralized concepts. We can still have all the advantages. And, in, and we, yes, we will still use uh, and waste energy, but maybe we can have the computer at least uh, bring a reasonable or meaningful output. Um, and that goes really way down below on the protocol level where we need to understand how that relates into the enterprise business and what are the kind of problems that we could potentially solve with all these computers uh, that make any sense to then almost the individual network, right, uh, and, the, and the use case that is running on the network. Um, so there is still huge potential. Uh, you can definitely argue that the way that it's running right now uh, for some of the protocols, uh, if you just take that purely and, 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 uh, and put the concept into a different context, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You have to start from the lowest level, try to understand what you're actually aiming for, and then think about it holistically. And uh, that, there we have to be careful. Thank you, Ben. Uh, ben, I'm looking at your notes here, and you have a very telling comment here. You say the use cases are plenty. The business cases are few. I'm just going to rattle off a couple of industries. I'd like you to tell us about those use cases. And, and we've already been talking about how it's hard to make the business case. But you talk about banking, insurance. We talk about public sector, oil and gas, and high tech. Can you run through a couple of use cases for us, Ben, please? Um, yeah, so there are, there are plenty. I think um, the first and foremost is, and it's kind of this uh, transition that we are in anyways, right, is how do you digitize, uh, for instance, identities? Um, and instead of having your passport, your driver's license, your ID card, uh, you have some sort of digital form of uh, identity that is actually government-issued and government-trusted, and you can, uh, you know, uh, do business with it. So big point, you know, is digital identity could be a blockchain use case. Uh, then in the insurance world, uh, we are looking at potentially, you know, digitizing the contracts and uh, even the claim processes around uh, the insurances, right? So uh, could we do some self-automated um, um, yeah, handling of, of those contracts, for instance, right? Um, then um, I think uh, the, the other, you know, obvious cases are um, in, let's say, aerospace and defense. We have uh, on the one side, you know, the, the qualification of the pilot, um, and they all have life cycles, right? So could we take the the pilot license, digitize it, and uh, decentralize it on a blockchain network, um, and so on, so on and so forth, right? These are all valid. Um, I think uh, many of us have lists of, you know, um, dozens of these kind of use cases. Um, but also, I mean, the second part to it is, how do you actually make money with this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and where is the money hidden? Um, and then if you ask it, or ask it in that direction, you also end up with this whole question about why do you even use blockchain in the first place? Why don't you just, you know, uh, keep doing the uh, central database approach um, and, uh, you know, make people trust in, in your uh, centralized entity, which is not unusual. I mean, many people trust uh, the big companies right now uh, in, in the cloud space, uh, and it's all in a somewhat centralized fashion, um, right? So... Um, there is there is still that big question mark, um, what do we actually save or where do we actually gain money? Um, I think the trend that I can see, um, and I think especially in Europe, um, is people are very, very aware and the society is very aware of uh, data privacy. And um, in that context, uh, there is going to be a huge opportunity to give people back the control and the power over their own data. Um, 
and do that in a way that uh, still the central organizations like governments, banks, insurances um, can, you know, access the data um, in a way that is controlled by the citizen, for instance. Um, so in that context, I think there's going to be some value, um, but I think that's almost country-to-country um, differences in that space. Thank you. And you know what, gentlemen, this has been such a good conversation. I have lost track of the time. We have four minutes till we end the show. So we are now officially in the crystal ball predictions round. So Mr. Torsten Zuba, I'm going to ask you to put on your future looking thinking cap. I think we've been talking about the future during the whole show, but let's look at the year 2020. I think it was already part of a quote I had about what's going to happen with uh, Bitcoin by 2020. So let's look around the year 2020, but you can pick any time in the future, Torsten. Uh, tell me, I give you oh, a whole big 60 seconds for your prediction. What will change, I know, what will change dramatically about this discussion? Blockchain, Bitcoin, trust, distributed ledgers, cryptocurrencies, the, the currency of the day with all the celebrities wanting to do it, business cases, use cases. All right, I'll give you 90 seconds. I'm ready for your prediction. Torsten, go. <laughs> go ahead. So, uh, in three years from now, I'm pretty sure we'll see really, really good um, use cases, especially in the area of supply chain, the track and trace and traceability, uh, provenance, product provenance. Um, discussions have started, POCs have started, and these are the really good use cases where we we kind of implement game changes, right, and, uh, and do cool stuff. So where we actually be then in the reimagine um, phase, if you want. So we will clearly see that. And also, I think the whole ICO thing, perhaps it's more hope, uh, but um, it will also calm down a bit, right, and coming to reality. And also, then, one topic that I will see is uh, the, the topic micropayments, right? Um, whether then mm-hmm. this is Bitcoin or uh, next generation of that or something else, but we definitely will uh, use uh, these networks and blockchain technology to do micropayments directly within the business process. Thank you very much. That was very brief and to the point. That gives me a little egg. Well, 90 seconds for Ben. Ben Bozer, you've got a whole 90 seconds. What do you think? I think in the next three years, what we will see is that this almost parallel universe that is already starting is going to keep growing. It's going to um, definitely reach the masses, and there will be uh, some interesting um, you know, access points around a decentralized network. I believe that you will have some people that uh, will ditch uh, their completely connected and interlinked um, um, me or, or personality uh, that they currently have in the online world and uh, move into a, a more anonymous fashion. And I think it's going to start even with potentially, you know, handheld devices or cell phones um, that are, are built for the concept of decentralization um, and uh, people will start holding their important information uh, dear to their heart and actually really to themselves and only share information when it's really relevant. And I think that's going to be supported by blockchain. Um, And, um, yeah, and and I think that's almost like this, um, yeah, give me my, or the the data privacy revolution, if you will, uh, that will become real um, in some countries of the world. 
Thank you very much. Very provocative. We're just about at the end of our time. Torsten Zuba and Ben Bozer, I can't thank you enough for your time, for your insights, for your uh, your insider information, things we didn't even think about. I'm still in shock that a Bitcoin transaction takes more electricity than a credit card swipe. Uh, is there any relationship to inserting the chip in a credit card machine? Because a lot of us aren't swiping. A lot of vendors now have the chip. Is that still a, an electricity-consuming transaction, Torsten, just quickly? I have no idea to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You know, every time I go to a vendor and they say, don't swipe if you have the chip, insert it. And you know what I do automatically? I say, chip, chip. I have no idea why, but they all look at me like, crazy lady, chip, chip. Yes, I just automatically say it. Torsten Zuba, Ben Bozer, it has been a real pleasure. I have to shout out to Adam Mardini on uh, the team with Ira Burke and Rujai. Adam, you did great putting together this topic and this panel. You certainly gave us a lot to think about. So, Torsten and Ben, I hope you'll come back on Game Change. We have so much to talk about. As a matter of fact, uh, Torsten, I think you predicted business cases by 2020 for a supply chain on blockchain. Well, our show next Tuesday, our supply chain series, is talking about blockchain. So I'll include you in some of my tweets. How's that? So shout out also to our engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Kevin Gassman at World Talk Radio Business Channel. Thank you. And to everybody listening, I hope you learned a lot. I certainly did. Here is my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today, just like Torsten, just like Ben. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next Tuesday with more live Game Changers show here on the Business Channel. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Internet of Things with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 